so we thought, well, God, what what could we reduce that that Americans take as seriously as the as the Brits take Shakespeare? And we thought, oh, ourselves. Hello, we are here with Sun Sounds of Arizona in Flagstaff, Arizona, and welcome to episode 17 of Untamed Shrews, Women Talk Theater, presented by the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival. I'm Dawn. And I'm Hannah. And I'm Becky. And welcome to Untamed Shrews, Women Talk Theater. Today, we are joined by Austin Titchener of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. You might know him from a little play called The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged. Um, Oh my goodness. (laughs) and a lot of other plays but also that one welcome austin thank you it's good to be here as as a fellow woman it's fantastic (laughs) to be here talking theater as a fellow shrew if you will listen the untamed are my favorite kinds of shrews yes (laughs) austin will you tell us a little bit about yourself uh yes well let's see i'm single no i'm married i'm I'm six location no i'm just kidding (laughs) i'm uh i'm not as old as i look uh um uh uh no i've been a i i you know since kindergarten i've been doing puppet shows Mm. i've been a i've been a theater person storyteller nerd for since elementary school Mm. i was a History and drama, double major in college, University of California, Berkeley, nice. uh, you know, late 70s, early 80s, thinking, well, I'll go to law school and <laughs> history because history major will help that because that's what we were all doing back in the uh, during the rise of the Reagan youth. And um, <laughs> fortunately, my my dad had been to law school for a year and left. He says he quit. I, I can't prove otherwise, but uh, <laughs> he did say to me, he did. He said, don't go to law school. You <laughs> will hate law school. Oh. So, um, and he was, uh, and I think he was absolutely right. And so I got my MFA in directing from Boston University. Nice. And so that's the one thing I'm actually technically trained to do. Um, but <laughs> oh, uh, but I've okay. made my living as a as an actor, playwright, uh, director, um, uh, scholar, uh, and small business owner because my partner, Reed Martin, and I are the two co-owners of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Heck and yeah. this is... <sighs> applause and um and and this is my night 2022 is my 30th anniversary oh, year congratulations that's so exciting that's, that's wonderful yeah that's crazy yeah you obviously have your your own podcast as well you're just doing so flipping much and the reduced Shakespeare... I have to. Yeah, yeah you do oh trust me we get that we literally have an episode like a hyphens episode about like all the different things we do um well can you tell us a little bit more about reduced shakespeare company obviously at least i grew up watching the filmed version of complete works of william shakespeare abridged um so to me like you're a legend uh so this is crazy um i can't believe this i'm so excited you're here um but can you tell us a bit more about reduced shakespeare company and what you guys do i can i'm a legend in your own mind um (laughs) Uh, well, yeah. And, well, first, I should point out that I'm, I joined the company 30 years ago, and the RSE is, this in the year of 2022 is 41 years oh, old. Oh, wow. Okay. August 8th. Uh, uh, no, yeah, August 8th, 1986. So, wow. eight, eight, wait, 86? Is that right? Uh, 76. Oh, sorry. So, eight, eight, or 
That, you can cut that part out so I sound less stupid. But um, August 80, August 8th, 1981 wow, okay. was the very first okay. performance of, of of five people calling themselves the Reduce Shakespeare Company at a Renaissance Fair oh, in God, Northern yeah. California. And oh. um uh, uh, and and one of those five people was a guy that uh, was in the University of California Berkeley Drama Department with myself and Reed Martin. Oh, okay. So we were friends. We had worked together. And then when the, the company took the complete works of Shakespeare to the Edinburgh Fringe in 1987, thinking that would be the swan song of the company, they um, uh, it, it, instead it, it it turned into this this thing that by 1989 it had become a full time job. Yeah, uh, which wow. some of the original guys had never. Signed up for. So, <laughs> Surprise. So yeah. Daniel Singer, whose idea it was to call something the Reduce Shakespeare Company um, uh, in the first place, he left in 1989. My partner Reed Martin joined uh, joined the company in 89. Uh, Jess Winfield, who was at Cal with me and Reed, um, left in 1992, and I took over for him. Mm. We filmed the complete works in. 2000 yeah. and it was released as a video in 2001 um and, at, and that's when adam long the original right. the, the last original member left the company and so reed and i've been running it running it since and and okay. we we take long topics uh, long serious topics and turn them into short comedies right um and and, and we tr the, we try to make the topics the more important we make the topics, the funnier the shows typically are. Um, the complete works had had made us had made us famous around the world, but not quite so much in in America. So when I was joining the company in '92, there was already talk that we should write a second show, because the venues where we had played, again, particularly in America, were saying, "All right, well, we've seen your first show. Right. It's a great show, but do you have anything else?" And we were in danger of becoming a one-trick pony, mm -hmm. um, even though it was a pretty good trick. Pretty good trick. Um, so we tried to think come up with a topic that we thought would would make us more well known in America as well known as as the Shakespeare show had made us in England mm -hmm. and so, so we thought well god what what could we reduce that that Americans take as seriously as the as the Brits take Shakespeare and we thought oh ourselves <laughs> and uh, so we wrote the complete history of America abridged uh, right that got us to performing at the Kennedy Center for an oh, entire wow. summer I think it was the summer of 94 um, and uh, uh, we originally booked for three weeks. We kept extending. Ultimately, we had 12 sold out weeks at the Kennedy wow. Center. That got us on the national Crazy. public radio. That got us more well known. The Kennedy Center said, this is really fun. What else you got? And we said, well, we've been thinking about reducing the Bible. And they went, <laughs> great. You write it and we'll bring it back here next summer. That's how long ago this happened. <laughs> was, Austin, that was the like the year I was born. <laughs> well, okay. Making me, making me absolutely as old as I look <laughs> sorry um, yeah so so anyway then we then we reduced the bible and then we reduced uh the complete millennium mm. abridged and, and to make it more difficult we sang and danced um <laughs> and that was so successful we have never done another musical <laughs> um then we did all the great books abridged completely hollywood abridged all the complete world of sports abridged oh the gosh. ultimate christmas show yes. abridged which is every winter holiday it crammed into one <laughs> show um uh it's the only christmas show you'll ever need to see and, and then and then we oh and then the complete history of comedy abridged which was sort of really in in many ways the show we had been training our entire lives to right. write because we were con we're all big, huge comedy nerds 
And then for our last two most recent shows, we've returned to our um, Shakespearean roots. And and we wrote William Shakespeare's long lost first play right. abridged, mm-hmm. which is essentially Shakespeare's, it's a greatest hits kind of a, of a show where it's all his famous characters and famous speeches crammed into one new storyline, loosely <laughs> based yeah. on, on, on Much Ado About Nothing in okay. The Tempest, but including okay. all the plays. And then our most recent show, which... I'm fine. We're finally going to do our eighth performance of it's two years old, but we're only going to finally do our eighth and ninth performances of it next month, uh, which is Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel. Fun. (laughs) Hamlet's Big Adventure. I can't wait. Are you guys on tour with that? No. Next on Saturday, as we record, I'm flying out to California to rehearse for the first time in 26, eight months. Yeah. Um, uh, for the first time in real life, in, in I mean, in, in close up and in person. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then our shows are in April. Oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. That's oh, my gosh. That was a whirlwind. That is so much history packed into one. You guys have just been doing so much for so long. I just applaud you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we started the podcast. We, we ran in London for I mean, I was I joined the company when we were running in London in 92, 93. But then we went away, and then there was an opportunity to, to run the shows again in London starting in 96, uh, and um, we thought, we can't possibly do that, Let's so let's hire British actors and, and do that. Mm-hmm. And so those shows ran for almost 10 years at the Criterion Theater in Piccadilly yeah. Circus wow. from 96 to 2005, and wow. when that show, when that, when that run closed... Um, we thought, well, what can we do to kind of reach out to our fans and give our fans in, in both countries, America and England, you know, a little little reduced a- a- action uh, on a regular basis. And that's when we decided to start doing a podcast. And we uh, and so uh, we, the first our first RSC podcast was December of 2006. And wow. it was very know, right? much. What? But you're like the the first you're podcast, like literally like, the OG <laughs> podcast. Like I was listening to your podcast, and like I mean, I'm gonna butcher it, but you were like, "This is number 762" or something like that, and I was like, "Austin, we have to talk about this." Like you literally created podcasting, like <laughs> sir, you you created podcast. I mean, yeah, but like I, what you are, li- we're literally on the ground floor of podcasting. Like no, almost no one can say that. It's crazy. Well, somebody said that I was the first voice in theater podcasting. And I went, you know what? I'll put that on my tombstone. No, yeah. seriously. I think you might be. <laughs> well, it's enormous fun, but I, I, I do it because I love it because I'm certainly not getting paid for it. <laughs> um, but I do know that it drives ticket sales mm. uh, anecdotally. You know, people yeah. tell me all the time, oh, my God, thank you for saying on your podcast that you were coming to my area. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's just mm. enormous fun. You know, I don't have a full time teaching job i you know i've taught adjunct in a bunch of different places but but this is kind of my you know weekly lecture about whatever whatever it is and it's and it's and i I hope it's never a lecture i hope it's always a conversation because we meet some fascinating interesting people everywhere we go all over the world and it's a privilege to turn on a microphone Mm -hmm. um and share that conversation whatever the conversation is with um with our with our fans and our listeners and and um yeah it's a treat it's i'm lucky to do i'm lucky to do it and i wouldn't be doing it if i didn't love it yeah and you know just i mean as someone who does most of like you know the back end of our podcast i'm just so curious how when you started you got any of the info you needed to start it because when i started our podcast or when we started our podcast and i was looking into you know like 
the, all the technical side of things. You know, I, I texted friends who I knew had podcasts. I read a bunch of articles. Like there are so many apps and things. But like back in 2006, I mean, podcasting was hardly had begun. Like didn't RSS feed even exist then? Like how the heck did you like know what to do? Well, a, a couple interesting ways. One is that I, I know the guy who invented the RSS feed. Oh, my gosh. No oh, way. Dick Costello is his name. Oh, he, shout out um, to Dick. <laughs> uh, he is um, on. Uh, he, he created the company, the technology that that allows wow. media to stream, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And RSS feeds were part of that. And he um, then became the CEO of Twitter again back Whoa. in the the wow. early aughts. No, hang on, the early aughts or the twenty? No, the late aughts and early tens. Okay. Um, um, and he's a former improviser from here in Chicago. Oh. I've improvised with him on stage. My wife has improvised it with him and for him in the show that he used to do. So we're old friends. But also, Apple was very proactive mm. um, back then in the in the aughts in 2005 and six. They had a dedicated podcast template in their Ooh. in GarageBand in that version of oh, GarageBand. Huh. Okay. And I was living in Los Angeles, and they had a kind of a huge flagship store with a literal theater in it and they would conduct workshops and I would go to a handful of these workshops and just learn and just learn and once I once I looked at GarageBand and I saw oh I it's literally like word processing you can just edit edit a sound file here and drag it over here and right. put it here and fade up this thing fade it down it it became really easy and once i discovered a microphone that fit into my ipod that i could carry with me and make extremely portable mm -hmm, yeah. i could record wherever i wanted i could edit it on my laptop which is always with me right. suddenly I didn't have to book studio time. I didn't have to make appointments. I didn't have to do anything that was grown up and organized. I could just <laughs> do it on the fly. And and making it 15 or 20 minutes only made it doable right. for uh, on a regular weekly thing. Because the worst thing is starting something and then not yeah. finishing it. Not yeah. doing it with such continuity that your yeah. audience can count on it. Exactly. Even if they don't listen every week, they should know it's there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. We are only once a month, but we are we are already booked out till the end of the year, which is great. And I, wow. you know, I think it's time that we might uh, maybe we'll branch out, do some bonus episodes, see how that goes. We also mm -hmm. were very much sticking to the 30 minute mark for uh, quite some time. And now we're pushing an hour a little bit. <laughs> so we're starting to we're starting to. Yeah. Grow a little that's bit, where but. that's where good editing comes in <laughs> exactly very true um that's amazing wow i i just i find that fascinating that you you really were on the ground floor and that's so cool i i have listened to um a decent amount of your podcast and it's, it's tons of fun um i like you have people from you know all areas of theater and uh yeah you're just you're so quippy and witty and it's really fun to listen to so Thank Good. you Thank so you. much. Yeah, for You're welcome. Thank being you. a part of this space with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so something I'm super curious about. Um, so you and I met at STA, the Shakespeare Theater Association, just a couple months ago. And something that you said um, was a really big reason why I wanted to have you on the pod. You were talking about how you guys are in the process of editing, editing and updating a lot of your plays. Um, and you um, had mentioned that, you know, like you're wanting to make them more accessible and, you know, just a little more. I guess maybe politically correct isn't the right word, but um, I would love to hear about your editing process and um, what you guys are up to over there. 
Well, it's something we do all the time with our scripts, which mm -hmm. is like, I mean, the the frustrating thing is that the scripts are never finished. <laughs> but the wonderful thing is the scripts are never finished because yeah. we're we're changing things on the fly. If we have a long run and we're telling a joke that is not getting a laugh anymore, we'll change it. Um, if we're if we're making a reference to somebody that the audience goes, who who are you talking <laughs> about? You know, it's it's important to update your references. Um, uh, and in the last several years, it's even more important to you know not just be mindful of who your audience is, not just who your audience is, but who you think is going to perform your shows. Mm -hmm. We have we we know that our scripts have been performed by schools and high schools and colleges and community theaters all over and that's in, that's great because um we have always tried to say look change the script change the we we write our plays and we're very meta about it so reed and i are two old white guys <laughs> getting increasingly older <laughs> and um and i'm not sure any whiter but we're certainly not getting any the other than white yeah um, um but we, so we always, you know, refer to ourselves as two white guys, two, two, old, two old white guys. And we've always said, you can change this. Mm -hmm. But we just decided, well, let's just go through the scripts. And our scripts are published by Broadway Play Publishing, who also licensed them to all the schools. And they've got a great website. I think it's broadwayplaypub.com, I think. <laughs> um, they're gonna, if you wanted to license a script, this is one of the easy, they have one of the easiest websites I've ever seen about here's here's the script I want to license and here's how much it would cost and here's how big my I think my audience is going to hear, be and here's my mm -hmm. budget and whatnot. So it's very easy. And on top of everything else, they publish our scripts um, on demand. Mm -hmm. So there isn't a huge, oh, we've got a storeroom filled with copies of completely Hollywood abridged. Right. Um, so we can't reprint it. Um, they don't have those. So it's right. not expensive. To change it's not it. free, but yeah. it's not expensive mm -hmm. to republish our scripts. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, Reed and I just spent, I don't know, two months going through all of our scripts and and taking out not only jokes that don't work anymore, but also jokes that we maybe got away with mm -hmm. in previous years, but we can't get away with anymore. Yeah. And also, the, we, we tried to make them less heteronormative, you know? Yeah. So instead of saying... Ladies and gentlemen, we changed every reference to ladies and gentlemen to everybody or folks or guys and gals and non-binary pals or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, some yeah. sort of thing that's appropriate and fun. Um, and then we also just tried to make it so, you know, we cut out the jokes that really don't work anymore, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, now and I'm stuck now thinking of any examples, but um uh, oh, there was, uh, there, there was one section where we say, oh, puts on a funny accent, you mm -hmm. know, that is uh, uh, that's from a different part of the world. And it's like, yeah, let's we don't have to do that yeah. anymore. Um, you know, uh, one, our founder, Daniel Singer, is a gay man and we've made we've made gay panic jokes in all of our scripts. You know, mm -hmm. we don't have to do those anymore. You know, um, uh yeah. it's it, it's great it's it, we just don't have to we can be smarter than that and yeah. that's the th that's the fun thing is that we we get better right yeah we get better and we evolve and we go yeah we don't have to make that joke anymore and also we can go through and go you know what this joke has never really gotten a laugh <laughs> yeah, never why are really we landed. working so hard yeah and Let's, also and like i mean 
something that was written in 97 or whatever or 2002 versus 2022 it's not even necessarily that they're like politically incorrect or insensitive or anything like that they just might not be funny anymore because they don't really apply to our lives like we just lived through a pandemic we're living in an increasingly digital age so certain jokes just aren't going to be the same and they're they're not going to be funny yeah you're 100 percent right we've all changed and and (laughs) nothing makes a comedian sound more old and less funny than (laughs) complaining about how nobody will let you tell your jokes anymore. Mm. Well, if people aren't laughing, tell better jokes. Tell better jokes. (laughs) Yeah, calling them out. Now, how wonderful, though, that um, you'd mentioned uh, that um, companies were or or schools were kind of free to change what didn't work for them. So many playwrights would not (laughs) let that fly. Um, So how wonderful just that even then you realized that, yeah, something might work in New York City, but it's not going to work in Illinois or whatever. Um, Or right. That's right. Or vice versa. Small Um, in Oklahoma. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 um, I, I mean, theater is a living thing. It should always be a living thing. Um, now, now, I, I mean, uh, to to be clear, we don't say, "Hey, you know, you can, you're yeah. allowed to cut this sketch, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. you're allowed to this write a new sketch, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're allowed yeah. to make." But you want to, we always, we always want to make make it as immediate as we po- possibly can. We've always said, you know, if I'm making a bald joke about Reed, we mm-hmm. always put in the stage directions. Oh, true, yeah. Or, or choose another physical characteristic of the actor actually playing this part, right. you know, yeah. that you can make fun of. Because not I mean, everyone is about, Reed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the other fun thing is we're also, we're also after after too, way too long of not doing that, we're we're uh, diversifying our acting company. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we've uh, 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 it's been a long time coming there. But it's sometimes it's not just the jokes that are old. It's 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 not that the jokes are bad necessarily. It's who's telling the jokes. And mm-hmm. the great thing about you know having greater representation on stage is that you can then tell a much greater variety of jokes. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're here yeah. for. Yeah. When you're writing, do you, when you're writing characters, do you have specific people in mind, I guess specifically with your company, or what's your process like for that? No, you're, we do. We do. I mean, it's, uh, uh, I mean, we're very, I'm very, Becky, I'm very, I'm very like William Shakespeare, <laughs> as you can probably tell. Um, Spitting in the you know, and I are just yeah. like this. <laughs> Reincarnate. <laughs> um, my wife and I sleep in our second best bed. So, <laughs> Uh, no, we have a company of actors, and that's fantastic. So, because we're writing, Reed and I are writing the shows for ourselves to perform. Right, of course. So, yeah. playing on our, utilizing our strengths, yeah. downplaying our weaknesses, <laughs> um, and, and just and and filling it in with any any stupid human trick that we know how to do. Hey, let's throw stupid it into this show. But we also have a company of actors, so we we have an idea that, right. um, oh, what if Dominic Conti were to play this part? He could do this and this and this and this and this. And and different people have different skills. I remember for the comedy show, I was writing a I was writing a a, a monologue for for Reed because he do he does this um uh, uh step right up folks this Carnival Barker kind of character mm-hmm. they had done in the Millennium a musical, and I started writing the monologue for him about uh, uh, the elixir of laughs. And then the more I wrote it, the more I went, wait a second, I I, I want to do this. Oh no. <laughs> And and he said uh, uh, and he said yeah please go ahead and do it because we had a, a handful of actors we have a handful of actors that we help us workshop our scripts mm. so they do the first performances of it 
which is fantastic because that means that Reed and I on only, in quotes, have to write and direct. We don't have to also learn the goddamn lines because <laughs> yeah. you know? since we're constantly changing. So the lines, because we're updating and moving stuff around and and uh, and Reed pointed out that the actor who workshops for him would never be able to learn this speech anyway. So Reed said, yeah, you you do it because the guy who workshops your stuff can learn this speech. So go find it. So it's it's great to be work, you know, writing for very specific people. And so you you've mentioned uh, Northern California a couple times. I'm from Central Northern California. Are you guys still like located there? Do you guys have a brick and mortar? Because you've also mentioned Chicago. I guess I figured you were still in California, but that's not the case. Well, define in California. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do we, uh, yeah. <laughs> our our props and costumes are in California. Okay, gotcha. Um, Reed Reed lives in Sonoma, California, his hometown, gotcha. uh, and his wife Jane is our general manager. Mm -hmm. And she 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 they met because she was running the Hawkswell Theater in Sligo, Ireland, <laughs> and booked the Reduced Aww. Shakespeare Company, and and met That's Reed so and cute. and came over here, uh, took our jobs, took our men, and um, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and so yeah, she ran a bunch of theaters, and now we're lucky enough when she's not teaching um, drama and English in high school that she runs our company part-time okay we don't have our own space it's okay. one of the it's one of the many reasons we've been able to survive the pandemic right we don't have our own theater um we had a warehouse uh and an office space which we got rid of during okay. the pandemic so we didn't have to pay any rent mm -hmm. i think we now have a small storage unit that um mm -hmm. is separate that is not reed's garage right um for all the props and costumes, and a lot of our actors are based in North, in in California. Not all of them, Ish. but some. There's a couple here, including here in Chicago, including me. A handful in New York, mm -hmm. handful of other in other places. Um, so the company's address is in California. Sonoma, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm from the Central Valley. So. Uh, Which part? It, it's a little town called Turlock. Sure, Turlock. Are you been to Turlock? It's not that exciting. I've never been, but I've, I'm sure I've driven past. I'm sure you have. <laughs> that's that's about all it's good for is driving past. That's funny. That's awesome. And so you live in Chicago now, or you're just there part time? No, I'm here. My wife and I live here. We lived in Chicago, the city, uh, for five years in the '90s because Dee was um, uh, a part of the Second City training program, mm. and and right when I was joining the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and um, she, I, and then I said, well, should we move to LA? Should I go off to London to be with the Reduced Shakespeare Company? She said, go. They, I really like this place, and I think they really like me. I think they're going to hire me, and they did. She graduated from the training program, and they hired her immediately to be in the touring company, and then I think a year year later ish they hired her to be in the etc main stage company nice. where she was for three and a half years and wrote and 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 performed shows in the early 90s so we lived in wrigleyville you know mm -hmm. chicago and we loved it here we moved out to la for 15 years um lived there our kids were born there uh and right when they were going into middle and high school we said let's get the hell out of la i was not I was not working as much as an actor on television anymore. <laughs> I, I I got to that awkward age where I was too old to play a lawyer, but too young to be a judge. Mm. So uh, <laughs> uh, it was like, let's, and, and we, and I make my, most of my living in the theater anyway. Right. So why are we living in Los Angeles where mm -hmm. it's expensive and 
the values are a little creepy and every teenager <laughs> is over sexualized and it's mm. kind of just gross. So let's move back to the Midwest. And so we moved back to Chicago. And now we're living in one of the North Shore burbs. Nice. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, Chicago. Someday I'll get back there. I loved it when I visit, visited. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I think we're running short on time, but you guys are, you've been up to so much for so long. You guys have done kind of everything. You know, Flag Shakes is, we're eight years old. Um, our podcast is a Just year a and year. yeah, a year and, a, year and a some half. change. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what would you for us and you know for anyone listening just any advice on starting and running and keeping a company going for that many years and um you know i i'm i'm sure it it has so much to do with just being a person that people want to work with i mean you're you're so fun you're so full of life i'm sure that has so much to do with it people just want to work with you and read um but yeah any any just advice to to us young companies <laughs> Uh, um, treat your artistic relationships uh, and collaborations as valuable, valuably, is that mm-hmm. a word? Um, as you treat your personal relationships, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. You know, it's like Reed and I always say that we're like a marriage without the sex, <laughs> except for that once. Um, uh, but it's true, you know, um, whoever cares the most wins. Uh, mm, don't be a dick love that. and also do it because you love it because there's you, you're not you're not we're not doing this for the money so the only reason to do it is if is because you love doing it and if you feel find yourself not loving it it's time to pivot as the as the new word suggests mm, okay that's my awesome. advice yeah love it Love it. Well, Austin, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you agreed to be on our pod. Um, Shrew Crew out there, we are going to be on, uh, yeah, Giggles, Shrew Crew. Uh, I love Shrew Crew. That's awesome. <laughs> well, we, we have been workshopping some names, but I figured I'd go with Shrew Crew today. Um, we are going to be on Austin's podcast, the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, um, which, like we said, has been around for a thousand years. So it might be hard to find because we're going to be in a sea of episodes but (laughs) but um we will also be on austin's pod uh so go find us there but um i'm just i'm so glad it's i'm so great to chat with you austin it's such a blast such a blast listen hannah thank you so much this has been the a great boost to my ego i'm uh, i think you'll want to change that because i think by the time your listeners hear your pod you will have already been on my pod okay gotcha um yep. and uh i just want to uh, uh uh complain that dawn dominated the conversation too much i know right <laughs> can't shut me up <laughs> <laughs> that baby was was the baby making sounds no, no, uh, not too much, but you know, mom brain, Ooh, it's a whole thing. I was like, the only thing I had to contribute is that we also just moved flag shakes out of my basement. Woo. I was like, Oh yeah, it's awesome. When you get a storage unit, and I was like, no, I about how excited I am. Yes, Dawn, they do. Here's the thing. That storage unit is the best thing that happened to me in the last six months. <laughs> well, and as for mom brain, I can, I can, um, 
I can convince, uh, I can confirm that um, it's a dad brain too. I mean, when our kids were little, I was, I felt stoned for about two and a half years (laughs) from lack of sleep. Yeah, it's wild. It's so funny. (laughs) Mom brain. (laughs) Yes. Oh, well. Well, thank you so much, Austin. And thanks for listening to this month's episode of Untamed Shrews. I'm Hannah. And I'm Dawn. And I'm Becky. Join us next time for an episode about Flag Shake summer repertory season. We are performing Othello with... With with William Shakespeare. Oh my gosh! Please bring William Shakespeare. Wow, he's coming back. He's coming back. (laughs) We are performing Othello by William Shakespeare (laughs) and The Importance of Being Earnest by Oscar Wilde, and we will be chatting with a member of the summer team in anticipation. Follow Untamed Shrews on our Instagram at Untamed Shrews Podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival. All episodes of Untamed Shrews can be found on sunsounds.org, the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Please subscribe, leave us a review, or put us in your Instagram stories. Help support the Shrew Crew. <laughs> this episode of Untamed Shrews starring Don Tucker, Becky Zaritsky, Hannah Fonts, and Austin Titchener. Show art by Calliope Ludecker. Podcast theme song by Cadence Slam. Podcast produced and edited by me, Hannah Fonts. Presented by Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival and recorded with Sun Sounds Arizona. Special thanks to our audio engineer, Gina Byers. Thank you, Austin. Bye, Austin. A true honor. Bye, you guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye.